the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This is the fourth part in our series on the seven churches from Revelation. In this episode, we look into the message for the church in Ephesus. The main reading is Acts 18, verse 18, through into chapter 19. Revelation, chapter 2, verse 1 to 7, New International Version. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favour. But you hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So I just wanted that background because obviously that's, that's how the church in Ephesus started. Now uh, the first um, letter, first church uh, in Revelation that he's writing to and um, uh, the, the minister is reading this out uh, to the church and uh, that was an interesting thing. Um, obviously straight away it's, it's literal because this is a real church in real time, time and space in the um, uh, of course, this was again the second second generation church. This was written about 1890 or so. Um, church was established in about 1855, so second generation. Um, and uh, of course, it's literal, actual. But again, the Bible is very clear. That it's personal. It's obviously going to speak to us uh, as, as individuals, but also going to speak to us as a church because this is a church, and this is representative and relevant to every church. Um, and all the next seven churches will have something in it that will crop up in every church. And of course, as we said before, it, it's as a prophetic um, uh, time, time frame as well, which, which we can, we'll go, maybe go into a little bit more uh, again. But um, this first church, Ephesus, um, started by, I suppose, Paul, but he was coming back from his second missionary journey and he left Aquila and Priscilla there with Apollos uh, that, that started the work off. And then, as we just read in, in Acts 19, he comes back, and dear me, the, the Lord just moves mightily, didn't he? Even aprons and handkerchiefs, they were sending them, people were getting healed, the demons were coming out. Um, uh, just the Lord was moving in a mighty way, uh, so much so that, uh, I haven't preached it yet, but I have mentioned it so many times, um, uh, uh, seven streakers lead people to Jesus. It's <laughs> a good title, isn't it? But that's what happened, didn't it? Seven streakers led people to Jesus. Because the Bible says the fear of the name of the Lord came upon the people. So much so that they brought their sorcery and their all their, their paraphernalia and they burnt it. Now again, 50,000 drachma. You say, well, what does that mean? Remember, a day's wage in those days was one drachma. Okay, give or take. So 50,000. So if a day's wage today is 100 pound, 
How much is that? Add two notes, at least five mil or whatever you, depending on how you, how you work it. So it was, it was costly, but because they saw Jesus. And so that's how it was birthed in. Remember that. Um, we, we talked about, about Ephesus before. It was, a, it, was a harm, it was a port city connected by the river. Of course, nowadays you won't find it because it's filled in with silt, so he's a couple of miles away from the, from the sea now. Um, obviously, it was, it was a wealthy place. It was cosmopolitan. Uh, and that's the wonderful thing when the Lord uh, got him out of the synagogue he had to go to the, the, the hall of Tyrannus and the Bible is very clear that everyone in Asia heard the word of the Lord why? because they came through the port everyone came there population, depending on who you read could be up to about 200,000 people big city but of course many would go through there because it was a port and many would come there because it was a lovely big market. You ladies would have loved it. The Agora was a big marketplace where they sold everything. And of course, with the port, they had everything from everywhere, didn't they? From all around the world. So oh, wonderful. Um, so there's a, but of course, it was a godless city. 14 temples. Two temples to the, to the uh, uh, Caesars. Uh, Caesar Augustus and uh, Domitian. Uh, the one who caused a bit of trouble. And that's, uh, that's how uh, John went to Patmos. Um, so we have, we have a godless but idolatry, but also one of the seven wonders of the world, Temple of Artemis, which was about 400 odd feet long, uh, football and a feet and a half long and football feet wide, with 120 columns around, 127 columns, marble. And you can just picture it, I think there's one, one column left now, because it was, it was destroyed in, by the Goths in 260 on because it became Christian. They didn't, they didn't want to build another temple. But in that temple, there was amazing idolatry and immorality. The brothels were not hid away. They were on open streets. So we remember that we get the picture now that it was, it was godless, idolatry, immorality in your face. Um, a learned place, a lovely big, big library. So, so we, there's our picture. And there's where God moved in power and saved these people. And we'll read this church. Dear me, they were a good church. It was a good church. It's a good church, um, and we'll see uh, what the Lord said to him. But the first thing um, we notice is that the Lord reveals Himself. I am He who holds the seven stars. Blessed all that's His authority. Of course, we looked at that the other day. He's, he's, in, he's in charge, and I am He, the one who walks through the seven uh, seven candlesticks. Uh, he's not standing amongst them now, abiding. He's active. He's walking among them. Because he's interested and he's about to do a work. Because it's his church. Ah, because he's in charge and it's his church, he's interested. And as we said before, he's invested, he's intimate, and he's, he's, uh, he's uh, looking, he's, he's looking to do a work. And the first thing we notice, he reminds them who he is. Remember, if the book of Ephesians was written, they had this in front of them. This is where there was their, 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 their go-to scriptures because it was Paul had written it to them. 30 years or so before. And uh, he was just reminded him, Jesus reminded him who he was. Ephesians 1, 19 to 23. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, part of all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in his age, but also in that which is, a court, which is to come. 
and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills in all in all. So, because they, that was Jesus is all in all. He's high and lifted up. He's on the right hand of the foot. So that's who Jesus is. That's who Jesus. Is. So he's reminding him who he was, because again, that's that's their, that was their problem, as we'll see in a moment. They'd taken their eyes off the Lord, um, and, and but then there are seven commendations. They were a great church, as, as we read. What does it say? Um, I know you. Again, we talked about that last week, didn't we? He knows us, omniscience, omnipotent because he holds the stars, uh, omniscient, he knows everything. I know your deeds. I know your work, your occupation, your service. He knew it. I know your toil. Uh, I, I know that even, you've even toiled until you, 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 it's to weariness. You didn't give up because you persevered, you abided under the problem. And remember, this was not an ordinary we had got no idea if we, again, remember this was an idolatrous place where there was, there was a bit of opposition because the Bible says, we read a bit on in, in, in Acts, there was great opposition because the, the people were leaving the temple of Artemis and those, those guys who were making those, uh, you know, those Diana things couldn't sell them like the idols and they said, oh, what's happening here? So there was opposition, there was immorality, everything was against them, but they were strong. Why? Because they were built. They were built on good foundations. Paul, then the next pastor was Timothy, then the next pastor was John. So there was great foundation, and the Bible says of, of Paul, he was there for three years. So he poured his, his life into them. Uh, not once a week, no, 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 every day Paul was teaching, 11 till 4, every day he was pouring his life into these people. So they, they, they were, were solid, they persevered. And then the Bible says um, they, they didn't endure evil men, but they, they were... They, Tested false prophets. They had discernment. They had purity. They had perseverance. They had great purpose. But it's very interesting, those three words, deeds, toil, and persevere, patience. Um, you'll also find them in same three words in 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 to 4. Let's read those and see the difference. We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labour of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. See, the same three words, but what is he, what did he say their motivation was? <coughs> Faith, hope, and love. Your labour of love, your, your deeds of, of out of faith and your hope. So those were the motivation of, again, this church, they were still doing those things, but what was their motivation? And uh, that's that's really the, that what Jesus is coming. With. But he, he's, he's he's pleased. He's pleased. They have the, all these perseverance. There's this discernment there. He said, um, you, "You've not wearied. You persevered. Um, you again." He reminds them again. Same thing. You persevered. You endured hardship, and you've not grown weary. That's a great challenge straight away, isn't it, to us? Uh, again, remember, we have little opposition, do we? Now that, as we see, that's going to get a little bit more as, as time progresses. But really, there's, there's hardly anything in it. I mean, we don't even get called names, most of us. Um, but there's, there's genuine opposition and genuine uh, uh, occultic uh, attacks. Because there, in those temples, there was not just 
idol worship. There was genuine occultic miracles and signs and wonders, counterfeit, of course, but there was genuine. That's why Paul needed to come with the, with the, with the genuine, not the counterfeit. He needed the genuine article because Satan will counterfeit. See, there are counterfeit gifts of, the, of his spirit, <laughs> the enemy. Make no mistake. Uh, he, he's a great counterfeiter, uh, and he does that. But he had to come with, and we had we're filled with that, that place of, and so from all sides, even to the point where the traders would have had to trade in a different place. Because as he went into the what we call the agora, the marketplace, there were three or four entrances, I think. And every before he went in, you had to take some incense and uh, offer offer incense to Caesar. Of course, remember Caesar was not just Caesar; he he was God, wasn't he? He said he was God. So it was worship. So, so even to do that was an act of idolatry. So they had, to, they had to make a decision. Oh, wait a minute now. My livelihood's at stake. Am I going to do this? Or, or, or am I going to stand for what I know is right? I can't offer incense to Caesar because he's not God. He's not Lord. There's only one Lord. See, how, now we begin to get the picture. This is a good church. This is a solid church. This is a church that has not compromised. Um, so much so that the other commendation, he says, you, you, you hate the work of the Nicolaitans, 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 um, he said, which I, always, I hate. Um, and it's very interesting that we come to Pergamon in a couple of weeks' time, where they tolerated it. And once you tolerate something, it be, you accept it. And once you accept something, you promote it, like anything. So today we've 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 we accept we we've tolerated things in the past, and we've accepted them, and now we promote them, even to our children. It, it's it's how the enemy works. You see, he's in for the long haul, isn't he? He's in for the long haul, and and so they they stood fast. They said, no, no, we are standing fast. And um, why? Because they listened to God's word. They had listened to God's word. They were listeners. Um, Acts twenty twenty eight to thirty one. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch. And remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. So they'd listened, didn't they? That was Paul's last words to them. He said, I'm not coming back here, won't see me ever again, but let me just warn you, there will there'll be wolves coming from outside and people from inside. They will try and take you away. And the Bible said they listened because, listen to what they said, you, you didn't tolerate wicked men and you tested those who said they were apostles but were not and have found them false. So they listened to God's word uh, from Paul, but Paul also reminded them, let's read these verses, Ephesians 5, 7 to 11. Therefore do not be partners with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord, having nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So he said, look, you see, your job is to have nothing to do with the darkness, but expose them, bring light into it. 
Um, and of course, that's an interesting thing because he's going to challenge them about that light at the end, isn't he? If they don't change their ways, so uh, we would, we would, or the exterior, because we look at the exterior, we would say, "That's my church. I'm going there. It's a great church." Um, because everything was good. They, they were, they were pure, doctrinally pure, morally pure. There was great perseverance. There was great service. They loved to serve the Lord, and they were, they, they weren't giving up because um, they listened to God's word. Now, that, that in itself, wonderful. You see, God, the Lord looks deeper, doesn't he? He looks deeper. Um, and he's saying, but I do have something against you. I do have something against you. And I don't know about you, but as I've been meditating this this week, I've been challenged. Because we could say, uh, maybe of our church, we, we are something like that. Maybe not all of those things, probably. Uh, grown weary, I can say I've grown weary sometimes. But, and then this first love. Lord, Lord, Lord. Ooh, Lord. That's a real tester. And we'll just look at that. But you see, again, that's, that's our, our old nature will take us into the rut. Take us into the routine. Take us into religion and the duty, but not the delight and the devotion. And we forget. And we, we read about it last week. Martha and Mary. Martha going about the work of the Lord. But that was not the most important. Because it should come out of the uh, listening to the Lord. Time with the Lord. In love with the Lord. Mary is at the feet listening and loving and, and learning of the Lord. Um, but that's, it doesn't change. And you see this, this is to every us personally, as corporately, of course, because it happens. Um, uh, let's read back in the Old Testament, Jeremiah. Jeremiah 2, verse 2 to 7. The word of the Lord came to me, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the desert, through a land not sown, Israel, Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. All who devoured her were as guilty, and disaster overtook them, declared the Lord. I remember your devotion. When you, you followed me, you loved me, but today you're saying, Where are you? What am I doing? Where? Going your own way. Easily. And of course, what happens is that um, that, that duty becomes drudgery becomes apathy, becomes idolatry. And at the end, sadly, goes so far away to apostasy. And we'll have a look at that. Then. We'll maybe apply it to uh, churches and, and, and movements, you know, denominations as well. But that's, it, it doesn't, it's always a challenge. And that's why he's saying, look, you as a church, you, everything is, is, is all set, right, seven commendations, this, 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 wonderful. But... The most important thing we forget. Matthew 22, 35, 40. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law, the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. 
When the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. He saith unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then called him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to, to answer him a word, neither does any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. First, what is the most important? Love the Lord your God. <clears throat> That's it. That is the first. That's the most. And of course, he said you've left. Left. Remember that we sometimes read lost, don't we? But it's left. There's a deliberate decision. It's a personal decision. It's not something that it was a mistake or something that happened. No, there was a there was a, maybe a pattern or a, a drift away, like the Hebrew church, a drift. That's why he said, get your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on Him. Consider Him. Fix your eyes, looking unto Jesus. Um, so we we are. Commanded first, first as in uh, they had it first. We look at those verses in a minute. But what is first? Your first love, and um, uh, in any relationship, we can get complacent, can't we? Some must be married a long time. We can get complacent and and just go through the routine, and um, and and not tell them you love them. Then I tell Jackie all the time I love her. Of course, <laughs> you said she's not here tonight. <clears throat> I'm telling you, it's true. And uh, you, but you see what, what I'm saying. It, and, and when was the last time I, I was thinking about this? And I always remember uh, reading. Uh, someone said, "Of course, we, we we come and pray and we ask and ask and ask." And he said, "When was the last time you just just get into the Lord's presence, just worshipped Him, and just mm -hmm. said, Lord, I love you, mm -hmm. I adore you,' uh, without any request, any just just sat in His presence." And that's a great challenge sometimes because we, we, we get to pray and we've got this, 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 I've got to pray and need this, this is a burden on my heart and then our minds are everywhere and it's just, Lord, I love you. So what is, and of course the thing that the Bible tells us, urges us to keep our hearts right and on fire, fervent uh, for him. Yeah, Romans 12, 9 to 11, I think. Love in action. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual favour serving the Lord. Again, notice the, the pattern. Fervour, zeal. Zeal is love ablaze, isn't it? Serving the Lord. There's our motivation. Remember, we've looked at love before. Love is the condition of discipleship. It's the true test of discipleship. It's the fruit of discipleship. It brings new life. New life brings love. And of course, it's the genuine test of our motivation. The Lord did not send Peter back out until he knew that he loved him. Mm. Peter, do you love me? Mm. Do you love me? Yeah. No, Peter, go and do what I've asked you to do. You're going to be a great minister. No, no, no. Peter, let's start, let's start afresh. Because I, I did mention on Sunday night, but it, that, that picture, we've seen it. I mean, if you watched Jesus of Nazareth, we have a lovely picture of, of uh, Peter. He's denied him, and the Lord's 
coming out and they, their eyes meet and the Bible tells us, doesn't it? He looks at Peter and Peter sees that Jesus' face in his eyes and he, the Bible says he, he goes out and he weeps bitterly. He's absolutely broken. He's absolutely broken. And Jesus needed to restore him, but he needed to store him correctly. And it, it, it was based on relationship. Do you love me, Peter? Or do you re are you really intimate with me? Then you can go and feed. Then you can go and tend my sheep. But it was based on love. So the Bible says, now keep our love alive. Keep our love ablaze. Bless the Lord. You see, they were. Now remember, this is the problem was they started off that way. Ephesians um, tells, remember 30 years before, Ephesians 1, uh, this was their testimony. Ephesians 1, 15, 16. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord, Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. He heard their reputation. He heard about their faith and their love. And uh, you see, they were on fire. Remember, they'd seen the work of the Lord and they'd been taken out of darkness. They were, in, they were godless people. I dread to think what some of them have been up to. You don't have to, don't need to go into it, but because he said don't mention some of the stuff. Um, but you just go into into what happened in Ephesus. It was just, you know, we would, you know, our toes would curl. You know, the idolatry and sacrifice and goodness knows what. Uh, they were taken out of that, and uh, they they were they, they were loving God and they were loving people. Bless the Lord, because they go hand in hand, and if we love the Lord, you will love people. Um, and uh, Ephesians 3, again, this is, this is their background, this is their foundation. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, they have power, together with all of the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. They knew the love of God. They knew they were birthed into that. Paul taught them. They showed it. They proved it. They were living like that. But something had happened. Um, the, the mechanic, the mechanical ways of the shoes were going well. Everything that should have been there was there. But their hearts had drifted, you see. And their eyes, and I tell you what, it is easy as. Because when I was reading this and challenged, I was thinking, Lord, this is a challenge to me. Oh, Lord. First love. Remember that, the, and, and then thankfully, the Bible then gives them the, uh, the, the correction to get it right. Ah, good news. Mm -hmm. I have this against you. Oh yeah, well, tell me how to get out of it. And the Lord always does. Always does. He says, remember. Get your minds working. <coughs> remember what happened. Remember, And that's what Moses said. He said, be diligent in your remembering what the Lord did for you, how the Lord rescued you. So you will not grow weary. You will not go into idolatry. It hasn't changed. Uh, to remember. And he says, Remember from where you've come from. Remember the, the, the power that God brought and brought you out. And, and he, he, Ephesians tells us again, Ephesians 2, 1 to 6. This is, again, they could recall what the Lord had already said. Ephesians 2, 
1 to 6. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you, were, which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the, the spirit of the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love which, with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised, up, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So now this, this, what, that's what they knew. They said, look, you were objects of wrath. This is what you were, but God's great mercy. He said, remember from the heights you have fallen. And that's why Hebrews, the church again, was drifted, get eyes on Jesus. See, when you see Jesus, you realize I'm a sinner, he's a savior. Without him, I'm lost, I'm broken, I have nowhere to go. And you see, you, you fall in love again, don't you, with him. Oh, Lord, forgive me for my eyes here, my eyes there. Even the devil doesn't mind us getting busy with his work if it takes our time and our energy and our passion for him, for him and him alone. And uh, it's interesting in that uh, Ephesians 2, he also mentions there, remember, same word, verse 11. Therefore remember that you were formerly Gentiles by birth. You, you shouldn't have been in the body of Christ. You shouldn't have been in the church because it was Jewish. But he said when Jesus came, he knocked down that partition wall. And he, he was talking about the temple there. There was a wall between the, the court of the Gentiles and, and the court of the Jews. And if you, the Bible it, it says there, uh, you pass this at pain of death if you're a Gentile in those days. And Jews could be a bit, uh, bit, bit shirty and they would, have, they would have killed him. But see, that was knocked down. He said, remember that, remember and he was, he was trying to get them, look, how do you get your first love back? Remember who you were before you were saved. Remember who you are outside of Christ. Remember who you are without him. Oh, Lord. And uh, then he says, don't just remember, repent. Say sorry. Lord, I am so sorry. Everything is, is, is mechanically, everything is religiously right. But my heart, oh, there's an emptiness. There's the passion is gone for you. Lord, repent, change. And he says it twice, and he repent? And he said, if you don't repent, uh, he, he, that's always the key. Turning around, changing our mind, getting our minds right. That's why remembering is rehearsing, recalling. Repentance is changing. Then he says, redo. Repeat what you did at first. What did we do at first when we got saved? Man, told people, didn't we? Love God's word. Ooh, love God's word. Love to get out of the Lord was not a, was not one option. We got you, didn't we? Dear me, it was it was. Oh, nothing would come between. No, no, no. And I worshipped. Didn't care anyone who was watching. My hands would go up. I'd go on my knees. I'd shout to the Lord, bless the Lord. Why? Because you loved Him. Do as you did it first. Week. See, that is the always our greatest problem is forgetfulness. Forgetfulness. That's one of the great things of breaking bread, isn't it? Mm. To remember. He said, now do this to remember. Mm. Remember. Um, this is what happens when we do forget. 2 Peter 1, 3 to 11. 
His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his great and precious promise, so that through them you may practice in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection affection love for if you possess these qualities in increased measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind forgetting that they have been cleansed by their past, from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich reward into the kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. That's if you forget that you've been cleansed from your sins, you will not, your passion for your calling, for your election, for your relationship, for your growth will not be there. See, when we, we realize what Jesus has done for us, how on earth can we love and serve anyone like him? <laughs> I remember when uh, um, we started courting, I don't know if it was when I asked her to marry me, I'm not sure, it might have been. Um, I said, look, Jack, I said, uh, you, you will never be first in this relationship. And um, you say, oh Dave, can you see that? I tell you what, she's glad, she glad she wasn't as well. Because if the Lord hadn't changed me, it'd have been some real trouble, as we do, plenty of trouble as it is. But uh, the Lord has changed me as the years gone by. And um, see, that, that, that's, that's the key, isn't it? Jesus being first. And uh, I love Psalm 73. We've looked at that before about the, uh, the man who was ups and downs. And he, he said, why have I lived you, Lord? I look at the wicked and they are flourishing and this and that. And um, he's, he's, he's weary and he's worn out and he can't see because he's looking at the here and now. And, and thankfully he gets to the house of God, which has always changed our perspective. He said, oh, thank you, Lord. Now I see eternally. Now I see their end. He said, I was bitter, I was stupid, I was like a brute animal. But he said, then he says this in verse 25, there's nothing I desire beside you. Nothing I desire beside you, Lord. Oh, Lord. So again, tonight, a challenge in our hearts is, is he our first love? Oh, the passion for him, love for him. Oh, and we've got to say, Lord, I'm sorry that, you know, you were, but not as I was. Lord, but today, tonight I'm going to remember what you've done for me. I'm going to begin, I'm going to say sorry, I'm going to turn around and put into place a time. Oh, I have to get up a bit early to spend time with you. Oh, that's drifted off. Oh, Lord, come on. Why? He's my first love. Why would I not want to spend time with him? Isn't it? Our spouses, we've got to spend time with them. Yeah, by the way, careful now. But why? That's relationship isn't it and it's the same principle in far in fact far far greater and of course then he says at the end he, he wasn't here let him hear um what the spirit says thankfully to the churches it's not just specifically to this church to the churches he's, he's speaking to every church down through time you can be orthodox but the love of god the love uh, for god can be gone 
And the sad thing about it is this. He said, unless you do, I will remove, I will move, I will shake even the words. It's to stir your lampstand from your place. The church will carry on, but the witness, the light, the power will be gone. And that's a challenge for us, isn't it? Because when we look at ourselves, Lord, we, we, where's the light? Where's the power? And you see, we have the answer there. Where's your first love, Dave? Where's your first love? You see, I, I, I'm always, again, I love God's word. And when he talks about the temple in Ezekiel, the temple carried on, but the glory of the Lord had gone. Ezekiel said, look, I, I watched, I saw the vision, the glory of the Lord. God had gone, but religion will carry on. Religion will carry on. Of course it will. Uh, up to a certain it'll die away because there's no church in Ephesus now. So it will eventually die out. It will eventually. It'll carry on for a few generations, of course. And But this was a second generation church. Always a problem because what we do, we, we live on the past instead of living like the past. We live on it. We, 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 instead of living like it. Big difference, isn't it? Not living in the past. Not living on the path, but living like them. Our first generation. Uh, and every church, every denomination, down through history, you can guarantee, started well. You look at all the great denominations. It doesn't matter who you name them. Fantastic. Great men of God and women of God who started them. Second generation. And we look today, Methodism, which we're brought up in. John Wesley, one of my heroes. Gone. Mm-hmm. Baptists. They're just about to debate the issue. I, I can't believe it. But you see, see, all down. Why? Because second, third generation. Second generation instead of saying, look, our brothers, and that's what he said. First love. Get back to the first love. But then he comes and said, look, he was, a, and here's the promise. Bless the Lord. Um, here's the promise. In the, um, by the temple of Artemis, there was a, a vast tree, which is called the tree of life. Interestingly, called the tree of life. And uh, anyone who went there went uh, because it was a fertility uh, temple. Would go there for uh, if they wanted a baby or if they wanted healing, they would touch the tree, fertility and healing. Um, so that was interesting because obviously the Christians would never go there. No. So again, the devil will always say, "You wonder if or you're missing out there, you missing out on that uh, that, that that blessing." In inverted commas, um, and. You could never go to the temple, but this is what he says. You who listen and overcome, um, I will give you the right to eat the tree of life. Mm-hmm. Bless the Lord. The real tree of life. The heavenly, the eternal tree of life. And which is in the paradise of God. Again, the word paradiso is where the emperor had his palace and his gardens. And me and you were never invited there. No. Oh, no, 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 no. The average uh, oblioi would never go in there. But he said, look, what is he saying? He said, in this world, it's going to be difficult. You're going to be, you're going to be ostracized, especially in this climate. You're going to be ostracized. But look, eternally, when you get to heaven, you'll have the eternal tree of life. And you won't be, you won't be uh, outside the paradise of God. You'll be right in the, in the presence of Almighty God. Oh, bless the Lord. Let's read that to finish. Uh, uh, Revelation, the end, last, last chapter of the last book. I will create promise. Revelation 22, 1 to 5. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded a fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, 
but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light or sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Ah, what a beautiful picture. Hallelujah. There's where we headed. The tree of life, eternal, lasts forever, not temporal. Ah, the devil always wants our minds on the here and now. Oh, eternity, mm. eternity, eternity, he says. Bless the Lord. So tonight, oh, my first love. Ah, my first love. Help us, we pray. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.